Welcome to Signs of Life, Exploring Survival of Consciousness, brought to you by Forever Family Foundation, on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. I call your name, the echo is haunting, the echo is always the same. I call your name, the echo is haunting, an echo can never be changed, so I call your Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Medium Insights Hour, brought to you by the Forever Family Foundation, part of Signs of Life Radio. So we gather here every month to explore the mindsets of many accomplished spiritual mediums on a variety of topics related to the study of consciousness, spirituality, and the afterlife. I'm Roman Karpishka, your host, and I'm very excited to welcome Tracy Lee Nash back to the show. Tracy Lee Nash is a certified medium from the Forever Family Foundation and a research medium of the Windbridge Institute. She began her spiritual journey, uh, journey uh, when she was six years old, when she discovered she can sense things even though there wasn't a physical presence. She can also hear voices, see things, smell certain odors and fragrances. At the time, she didn't know how, you know, that this was how people who passed away would communicate with us. She didn't understand until years later when she discovered that people who do these things were called mediums. Eventually, her mediumship abilities deepened, and uh, most likely due to her near-death experience, she, uh, she's been practicing mediumship at a high level ever since. She's also an energy health practitioner. Her website, where she can be reached, is www.withinthelight.com. So no spaces, withinthelight.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the show tonight, as always, is commercial free, so no interruptions. Sit back, put your feet up, curl up with a nice blanket, pet, or loved one. Have a drink on us and let us stimulate your intellect for the next hour or so. Uh, but before we welcome Tracy, I do want to make a couple of quick announcements. Uh, you guys probably know this already, but I, I'd love to remind you that Bob Ginsburg's new book is available on Amazon. It's called The Medium Explosion, A Guide to Navigating uh, for uh, Those Who Claim to Communicate with the Dead. It is a guide of people who either have had a reading with a medium or plan to have one, or just that are, you know, for those of you that are simply curious. Profits from the sale of this book all go to the Forever Family Foundation. And of course, you can always check out more interesting stuff on the afterlife in the Netflix docuseries called Surviving Death, which is still streaming. Bob Fran and the Forever Family Foundation are featured in episode four. And uh, one more thing that tonight's show, it's research only. Um, so Trace, um, Tracy is not going to be doing any readings tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, if you have any questions related to, you know, how mediumship works or questions about mediumship, uh, definitely please call in. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and also, we're not doing any commercials anymore. So this has been working out great. The hour passes by super quickly. And we, you know, it just gives us more time to take your calls and to, to really dive into these, you know, these questions about the afterlife. Anybody that needs to call, that if you want to call in, the, the call-in number is 1-888-627-6008. Having said all that, 
Tracy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Roman. Thank you. How are thank you? you for having me. I'm good. I'm very good. So I'm very excited uh, to be here. Uh, yeah, so we, thank you so much for having me on. You're very welcome. I think the last time we spoke was about oh, almost two years ago. It was pre-COVID, that's for sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Hopefully we're, we're at the tail end of, of that. Um, but yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. So, hey, where, what do you call home? Menifee, California. It oh. is, uh, yeah, it's in uh, Southern California. It's about maybe 20 minutes outside of uh, Temecula. Oh, okay. Are you familiar with Temecula? No, well, you know what? Uh, embarrassingly enough, no. no. I was in Southern California last summer on a family vacation. We uh, we started off in San Diego, which is the very southern tip, and then we yeah. drove all the way up north, right? You know, one to the to San Francisco. Oh, and then, mm-hmm. and then we did the Grand Canyon and Yosemite, and we did a whole bunch of stuff. It was a lot of fun. Oh, wow! Yeah, we're I'm about an hour uh, from San Diego. So we're sort of centrally located. Um, if you're not familiar with Temecula, it's wine country. They hold uh, balloon festivals there every year. So we're not too far uh, from there. And that's usually the uh, place I direct people to because more people are familiar with uh, Temecula than Menifee. Okay. Yeah, well, nobody knows it. Are you Are you experiencing decent weather at this time right there? It's pretty good. Today it's been drizzly, but, you know, overall, you just really cannot uh, complain about South, uh, Southern California weather. Uh, for the most part, it's it's wonderful. So it's been mild so mm-hmm. far, not too bad. Hoping for, you know, continuous uh, mild weather. Winter is not necessarily my favorite time. Right. <laughs> You know, weather-wise, uh, but it's still enjoyable. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, I, I was actually quite surprised when I was in uh, San Diego how cold the water was in the ocean. Mm-hmm. I mean, it mm-hmm. was, even in Southern California, you think it was warm, you know, because it's Southern California, and you, it's pretty darn hot outside, especially in the summer. But the the ocean water, like it was what sixty three, sixty four degrees, maybe. Oh cr- yeah, yeah, it's cold summer. It's yep. cold winter. It's, mm-hmm. The water's freezing, but yeah, yeah you really uh, the weather for the most part but for me. Weather. This is the place to 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 call home. Good for you. Good for you. So, you know what? We have a whole bunch of questions that we we can ask you, and mm-hmm. we, we go with this format where the Forever Family Foundation members send in their questions in advance mm-hmm. they email them so i've got a couple of these for you typed out and a lot of other questions from other shows that weren't answered that perhaps you can answer so okay. we can begin our discussions with that and we can also uh take in any uh you know take in any any callers as they come through you know and if if we don't get any callers that happens also we we, we there's enough fodder from the from the questions to you know to keep this conversation going very sure. very hour so and, and you were a fascinating person so it's going to be so much fun so <laughs> so listen i'm going to uh, dive in with the first question from one of our uh people that emailed in and i'll just read it uh, verbatim mm-hmm. 
Here it goes. I am curious and, in fact, concerned about spirits that have not crossed over to the other side, but remain attached to a certain place or person or even an object. Some are not even aware that they have died. Others believe that they are worthy of going into the light. My questions are, are they to remain in this limbo forever? And two, when, will anybody from the light come to help them cross over? Or is it up to us from Earth to find and help them? And this is from a Melissa from Michigan. Mm, good question. question. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as being attached to a place, location, an object, uh, it is true that sometimes you're, you can find spirit in, in, in a limbo place, so to speak. And in order to um, help them cross over, I wouldn't say necessarily every single uh, circumstance is the same, that they all successfully cross over. Uh, there may be some for, uh, you know, particular reasons unbeknownst to uh, a medium, for example, or, you know, um, um, the person themselves as to maybe why they're where they remain. Uh, sometimes that does happen, but I would say for the most part, successful uh, transitions crossing over a lot of times that's, um, I think uh, it helps if the person who holds the object or lives in a particular place, uh, for example, that is finding that activity, um, you know, maybe bothersome or it concerns them, sometimes merely asking spirit uh, to cross over uh, can work. Sometimes if you're not comfortable doing that, you can call on uh, a medium uh, to help assist. But I would say more times than not, uh, you are successful in helping them transition, but not every single time. Hence the reason you have hauntings, you know, uh, for centuries. It's far, <coughs> excuse me. As far as um, having assistance from the other side, uh, I do feel that that can be in tandem with the medium as well as uh, who they connect with that can help bridge that uh, gap that can then help spirit uh, to cross uh, over. Very interesting. Also, I, I heard, I mean, I, I've read, a ton of books on, on this subject. And um, I recall from one of the books that I read now, I can't quote exactly where, where I uh, read it from, but mm -hmm. I heard that, you know, ghosts and apparitions that may become visible in certain buildings, like your typical ghost things. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's portrayed in Hollywood. What it usually is, and a lot of people think this, or a lot of scholars that have studied this, think it's like a tape recording. It's like a, an, after, mm -hmm. an after trail kind of thing, a, a remnant, if you will. A residual. Yeah. A residual. That's, that's the mm -hmm. perfect word right there. Of you know of the energy that was once belonged to the rest of the person that did transition over. 
okay. it's just a religious. So that's why you'll see the same person walking down the same hall. It's just like a um, a broken record kind of yeah. you know, looping. It's a, an, an endless loop. Yep, yep, yep. They they sometimes reference that as residual or imprint or looping. Um, but yes, that is true also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for those kind of things, I don't think there's much that you can do about it. I mean, that that that's not the the person has transitioned. Right. The soul has transitioned over, and that's just like kind of like the footprints that are left in the snow, kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Anything, mm-hmm. there's no consciousness there or anything like that, and anything you do or say is not going to change that. But yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, I would say that's true sometimes. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. Good. Uh, yeah, that was a great, great answer to a great question. Um, we have another question that came in, and I will read it verbatim. Um, mm-hmm. Asking for signs from our departed family. Is this a thing that requires a lot of energy on their part? And if you don't get a sign, which I haven't, is there a particular way that it needs to be asked for? Thinking it, saying out loud, saying it out loud, pitching it in our minds or some other way? I guess this person wants to get some kind of communication. In. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, another great question. And, you know, in the field of mediumship and the work that we do, I think a lot of um, the experiences and or even, you know, sharing experiences in mediums or what they believe, a lot of it can be very subjective because you can ask one medium one thing and then another medium something else and you know the same question and they'll have uh, a different response but in general messages are uh, you know things that we would all love to receive from loved ones in the way of uh, signs you can ask and sometimes just the simplest um, way to ask is literally just to ask and be open and re- receptive to what comes through. You may be specific in asking, I want it this way, or I'd like it that way. And I do believe that also can be attained. And sometimes there are people uh, that need a little bit more convincing So they may make it uh, a little bit challenging uh, for spirit. And sometimes those messages come through exactly as uh, they are asked for. It can be, you know, have a feather fall on the roof of my car, or I want to find, you know, a dime with this particular year. So that can occur. Um, It does require energy from spirit. And a lot of times what you're asking for, they can produce. But I often tell my clients or anyone who uh, asks that question is really at the end of the day, you want to be open. You want to be receptive to what messages come through. So asking and being open to receiving. And, and if you're flexible in that, it may be something very unexpected in the way the message comes through, but you'll know it by the way it resonates with you. 
or in some other capacity makes sense for you. So really just have uh, an open mind. Yeah, absolutely. Having an open mind is really important because the messages might come across in uh, a way that is much better than what you've even asked for. Mm -hmm. Very true. Yeah, absolutely. I know that spirit, uh, you know, uh, they like to play with energy, for example, like mm-hmm. look for flickering lights, for example, that, that's a good one. I, I've experienced that myself. Mm-hmm. Lights where you know, the power of my house is perfect. It, it, I've never had any issues and I've had stuff like happen like that. Um, or, you know, I, I've heard from other people, this license plate of my husband's name, <laughs> is, you, know, yeah. you know, so you got to really keep your, keep your eyes open, but you know, also, you know, discern, you got to, you got to discern at the same time. You can't think that, you know, uh, every piece of toast that you, that you toast has a picture of Jesus on it. Absolutely. And that's a great, great point because you don't want to reach, you don't want to contort, uh, or, or try to form the message to fit what you're looking for. You just allow it. And a lot of times what you are, again, asking for will appear. It may appear exactly in that format you're, you know, inviting in. It may be something different, but don't force it. And a lot of times, especially if we're grieving, grief can block a message, but it also can make it difficult even if a message is coming through that maybe you're not open to it open to mm-hmm. receiving it so you might miss it or you dismiss it because you you think well it didn't come in the way that I had asked gotcha. and that is something where people really need uh to be flexible mm-hmm. and open with regards to that read that so listen, we have a uh, we have a caller on line one. We have a Shannon from Minnesota on line one. Shannon from Minnesota, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Shannon. Hi. So you got a question? Yes, I do. Tracy, are you able to feel the strength of spirits? like a strong spirit that's coming through and the spirits that come after him to speak to you. I've had several readings from uh, mediums from the Forever Family Foundation, and they've been absolutely fabulous. Mm-hmm. And um, I have another one coming up, and I'm so excited. But um, my dad's always the first one to come through. And then mm-hmm. it seems like everybody follows him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he seems to be the main speaker most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of wondering about my mom and, you know, other super close relatives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. and I have, he always seemed to be really um, into like mediumship. Even back in the 70s, he would go to mediums back then mm-hmm. and just kind of really, um, I don't, he seemed intuitive, but I think it, back then, people really didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So as yeah, kids, very we true. really didn't. 
we weren't really told much about it. So I'm wondering really, you know, how much of this he was really into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great question. Um, yes, there are different uh, strengths of, uh, of energy when the medium is coming through. Sometimes I refer uh, to them as the gatekeepers or the spokesperson or the spokeshole because you can have the feeling so you can sense that you have a lot of energies present. But of that group, you can tell one of them is going to lead, uh, you know, the rest of of the uh, spirit circle. So even if there's three, four, five, six, a lot of times the strongest energy will be the one who typically will um, come forward and and speak for everyone collectively if needed and or you know uh, just for themselves. But yeah, there there are varying degrees of that strength of of spirit and you typically can tell um uh the vibe or the energy of of who's going to be the most uh dominant so do you i mean do you think like because of his lifetime you know of actually i mean he had i think he had a very strong belief in this as i mm-hmm. do also very mm-hmm. much so. Do you think that makes you a stronger spirit or not? That really probably wouldn't have that much to do with it. Because any reading that I've had, too, I mean, everybody's come through, like, right away. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, yeah, we have all these people lined up. It's like, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, I do believe sometimes uh, that uh, when in the physical world, uh, you know, our loved ones were involved uh, was something, uh, you know, that they they loved, something they were very invested in or interested in, uh, you know, professionally or as a hobby. Uh, so I do believe that sometimes that uh, knowledge that they had here can translate to the other side. And so it wouldn't be uncommon, for example, if your father were to come through um, in almost every reading first, if from a group of your loved ones, uh, you know, in your family, he would be the one that maybe frequented mediums more than anyone else. Um, so sure. I do think that sometimes that experience in life does carry over um, and can help sort of boost, uh, if you will, that energy, but you're also correct. A lot of times it's really the strength of that energy coming through and how the medium connects with spirit as well as the um, client. So as the sitter. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you tell if, you know, like if you sit down with the client, like right away, this is going to be a fabulous reading because you're open to anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That uh, a lot of times before I even take uh, a client, I sit, I write uh, while I work, but I write prior to the reading. 
and usually from the first name of who I'm going to be reading for, I can tell uh, immediately this is going to be difficult or it's not going to be difficult. And a lot of that is based on uh, receptivity, openness, and, and, you know, really just allowing the process to unfold. It's a lot more difficult when, for example, someone's cynical uh, coming to a reading, but they're still curious. So it, it can be difficult. Skeptical also has its challenges, but it's a lot more easier to navigate than if they are uh, cynical, which I'm sure many mediums have you know, encountered uh, issues like that in the past. Right. No, I mean, like I said, I've had fabulous readings from this group. And I mean, yeah, they really helped me with grief immensely. So I cannot thank the Family Foundation enough that it's it's crazy. But yeah, they're awesome. That's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Well, Shannon, thank you very much for your call. Great question. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that that whole thing about uh, you brought up a very interesting point about the type of readers that you get, uh, the type of sitters that you get, um, mm-hmm. you know, between open minded or cynical or skeptical that, that can make a huge difference in the quality of the reading and how hard it is for you to read, because it really is a, a three way communication. Right. And yes. consider mm-hmm. you as well as spirit and everything, you know, the, everything has to be functioning the, the better everything functions separately, the better it's going to function as a whole, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a lot easier if you have everybody on board and everyone working uh, together. It's a lot more challenging uh, if, you know, someone is deeply skeptical, even if they're open, that sort of skeptical aspect of them can uh, sometimes block the ability for a medium uh, to read successfully or to be able to, you know, to really connect the way that they would like to. So being open is always uh, a huge plus. That's really fascinating. I mean, you know, if you look in the, the days of old, when this whole thing started, you know, in, in the 19th century, uh, mediumship was probably at its apex at that point, because, mm. well, there, it wasn't conflicting with a bunch of other forms of entertainment, and, you know, that's available today. Um, but you had incredible mediums like Didi Home that, you know, he used to make accordions play, you know, just on their own, right in the broad daylight, you know, floating in the air in Faraday cages and, you know, where, where no, nothing electronic could be, you know, passed through or whatever. Right. And you had some incredible um, physical mediums and voice, uh, you know, people, shapeshifters and, and all these crazy things that you just don't, don't see today. It's, it's, it's extremely, extremely rare today. And there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's neat. I mean, it's very interesting how the times have changed. Uh, especially for mediumship over the years and how it's evolved. It, to right. me, it, it looks like it's evolved like to um, 
it, it looks like it's making a, a, a renaissance and that's a lot thanks to the uh to the internet and you know the community that's mm-hmm. online and all of that so it's, it's becoming a lot more popular and everything mm-hmm. um but it, it's still i don't think it's at a level that it was in the 19th century you know what i mean oh no i agree with that yeah i think we have a i think we've made a lot of progress but mm-hmm. i do believe that we have uh, a ways <laughs> A ways to go to um, be able to, I think, uh, sort of reach that level where I think it's more widely accepted and appreciated. Yeah, and, and performed. And performed, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So when you're doing your mediumship, um, how, how do you go about doing it? What do, you, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel like? What is a typical, you know, without naming any one of your clients or anything like that, what is a typical session for you? Normally, uh, I will start, um, I read a majority of my clients because I, I have them uh, all over the world. So uh-huh. I read typically by phone. Uh, and <clears throat> Excuse me. And I will sit in meditation and I will begin writing whatever comes through. I will use just the first name of my client and I will write, scribble, draw, but usually it's writing and I wait to connect with what comes through. Usually that's in imagery, um, pictures. Feelings, those are the two most uh, dominant ways that I will connect. Although I hear, I will smell as well. I document everything that is coming through. So when I take the call, I will usually have about um, a page full of Mm -hmm. information that I've written down. Uh, And a lot of times when I'm inviting spirit in, uh, I like to ask their, you know, not just for their assistance, but also in helping me to describe the read or the sitter who I'm going to be reading for. So I also ask, you know, the loved one, you know, tell me about who we're going to be uh, speaking with in the form of of your loved one who's living. And a lot of times that comes through color, color imagery again but a lot of times it's color as well and Mm -hmm. I will sit and document the colors that come through the strength of the colors uh, what that means personality wise so they have a description for the client when we're connecting so that the client knows that their loved one is present because I don't know the client I haven't met them Uh, So it's a great way to start the reading, uh, talking about, uh, for example, their colors and and how spirit sees them, how their loved one saw them in life and how they continue to see them from the other side, how they've grown, you know, various uh, things can come into play. Uh, But basically, that's how I will prepare for the reading and then throughout it you know is a pretty much a typical mediumship reading personality of the loved one coming through 
uh, maybe how they passed. Uh, but mostly, I would say it's messages for their loved one in things that they need to maybe know or hear or receive clarity on about things that uh, might be occurring, you know, after uh, the loss of their loved one. And, and so it's varied, but it's, it's pretty, uh, I would say, uh, normal in the way that I, I read like a lot of other uh, mediums do. Yeah, that, that's the way that you described it is um, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I, I've had some experience with, with uh, mediums as well. And uh, usually a, a great deal of the session is dedicated to, you know, proving, you know, mm-hmm. establishing belief that, yes, you are talking to the person, the entity that you're, you know, that you say that you're talking to. And that's through evidence. So you, you want right. to establish that and get that because without that being established you can't get the message across exactly and you don't want to be you don't want to be um uh cliche uh you know you don't want it Mm -hmm. you you need for your client to be able to connect with the information so it really you know, if you say, oh, your your father loves you, that's very general. It might be absolutely yeah. true. Mm-hmm. But what else, you know, what kind of father did you have? Uh, what was his personality like? How did he pass? Um, you know, maybe what mm-hmm. were his hobbies? Um, but evidence, uh, evidence uh, obviously is very important. And yeah. one of the best ways to do that is I find when a spirit comes through and they're connecting is talking about talking to, um, you know, with myself and, and me uh, relaying the message, talking to them and letting them know, um, you know, I see your struggles or this is what, you know, I've been seeing. This is what, you know, um, I would like you to know about that. So a lot of information that may come through can also apply to them currently. Some might be predictive. It hasn't happened yet based on, you know, things that um, we're discussing or being shown. Uh, But it's important to know uh, that you're talking to your loved one. And really the only way you, you can establish that is through personal uh, um, private information. Right, right, right. Now, when you receive these messages, is it like, do you hear it? Do you see it? Is it clairaudient? Do you see words? Do you see symbols? How, how are you receiving it? A lot of it is uh, symbolism. I see a lot of pictures um, and and words. The words a lot of times will be written um, in, you know, in my mind's eye. Uh, I will hear as well, um, but the impressions, the feeling, the sensations, uh, that is uh, oftentimes how something will hit me. That's to let me know how spirit, you know, is feeling or the importance of the message they're giving or maybe how they passed. So they will impact my body in a particular way to let me know maybe how they crossed over. If there's something going on with the client, 
They may show me a picture, a word I may hear at the same time, and a feeling also. So it can be all forms, but a lot of times it is in the the sensing and in the uh, imagery. Interesting. Yeah, uh, that that completely makes sense. Now, you know, you do this uh, obviously for a living, and you know, when when you have your clients and you're with your clients, you turn it on, and you know, the messages come through. What about when you're not doing reading? Is it are are you getting anything? You know, like let's say you're grocery shopping or something like that. Do you can you turn it off? Like, or you're in the shower, can you turn it off? You know, I. I try to, and uh, sometimes it 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 will work, <laughs> um, but uh, other times it can be a little bit more difficult, uh, just because the pull is you know very strong. I might be standing near someone. Uh, I might be you know just literally an arm's length away. I hear something. I might see something. And then I have to say, well, you, I cannot, you know, I can't engage with that person right now. Um, I'm at the grocery store. I can't, you know, come up to someone and, and say, excuse me. So I do try to um, be very discreet uh, and I do try to turn it off. It's not always successful, Um, but, you know, I do try to also honor spirit. So if I'm going somewhere, family gathering, or even with a, a friend, you know, maybe going for a visit, if I happen to connect prior to, you know, going to the event, uh, and they drive with me all the way there, they're with me when I enter the home. If they're lingering for a while, uh, a lot of times I will, I'll have to, you know, ask who's there, you know, uh, hey, can I share something with you? Uh, So it's not always successful turning it off. um, Mm -hmm. But I also, again, try to respect and honor um, everyone's boundaries, including my own spirit and, you know, wherever I'm at. Well, you know, I think that's a very good practice because even though, you know, you you are – uh, a very fine medium and you know i i'm i am not a medium but I, I i buy into it but if you saw me okay uh and you knew if you knew me and you got a message from my son or something i would definitely love to hear from him mm. uh, but if you're in the crowd you don't know me you don't know how i might react to, to a, a message like that so i think that is a, a very good practice i mean you're you're playing it safe with you know when you, you go to a gathering of people that you know and if somebody mm-hmm. lingers with you then you ask them that's a that that's completely acceptable but you know i think that uh you know you can get into trouble otherwise oh know, yes i yes absolutely person. yeah and i've been in that position and it's oh, not I'm sure you fun. the hard way. You learned the yeah, hard way. <laughs> very, very much so. So I do uh, honor that, and 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 you know, some people they're incredibly private to go yeah, up yeah. and say something that's very personal uh, that maybe they don't want to talk about, 
Tracy, you know, I, you I have, have to honor that. I also learned the hard way, uh, something related to this. A very close friend of mine who I used to do gigs with as a duet, an incredible guitarist. He was my inspiration for playing guitar. Mm. And anyways, he uh, he died of cancer um, about, well, it wasn't last October, but the October before, I think, or somewhere around. No, it was like February. I, I went to visit him in October. Anyways, I saw him in the hospital and this, that, that this guy was, you know, he was vibrant and strong and you know when i saw him he, he was like one tenth the person he was physically um mm. anyways i had a conversation with him but a week after i saw him and a week later he was gone but i did converse with him knowing everything that i know i, I wanted and i before this has happened before and i kicked myself for not telling the person don't worry there is an afterlife this is what's going to happen but so i just blurted it out I, and I blurted it out to, to this guy. His name is Walter. Amazing human being. And you know what he told me? He told me, you know what? I'm not comfortable talking about that. And I learned a valuable lesson from that. I wow. Some people, you know, even on their death, he was very, very Christian and very, you know, he went to church and never missed a Sunday, you know, until he was sick. And he was God-fearing and all that. And, but a wonderful, wonderful human being. And... um Anyways, when I spoke to him about that, I, I figured, hey, you know, why not ease his pain? I was just trying to, to, to do, you know, trying to do the, the, a good thing for him. Sure. And, um, you know, not everyone. My point is not everyone's receptive to that. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah, you know, you're he, very he correct. was on his deathbed telling me that the STFU, you know, <laughs> and, and so I did yeah. <laughs> real quick, change the subject and I will never do something like that again. I will never assume that, you know, like, you know, I, I, unless they initiated, if they initiated different story, you know, what absolutely. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But you don't, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to really cross uh, that line because you don't yeah. know, uh, you know, someone's spiritual beliefs, religious beliefs mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, and I think you have a uh, duty to to honor that space and be respectful. Uh, and especially if somebody mm -hmm. shuts you down, you're done. Oh, and believe me, after that was said and done, you know, I didn't bring it up again. And uh, I learned the lesson from it. You know, I was just trying to do the right thing. I was trying to ease his, you know, any worries that he had, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, yeah. he's... Uh, he he had since communicated very strongly uh, to his wife um, that, you know, finances were good because she was worried about it. And then she found out afterwards, it was one of those things that she didn't even know. And somebody approached her at a teacher's conference saying, this happened and don't you worry about the car payments they're taken care of. And wow. it turned out to be true, you know, so I know he's existing and he's there and he's doing great and he's an amazing person. I love him to death. And, you know, I can't wait, you know, to meet him on the other side. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just a, an interesting story. I don't share that much about, you know, my, my situation because this, this, this show is all about you. But we were kind of on the topic. So oh, yeah, no worries. I love, I love to hear other uh, people's experiences. Yeah. So what do you think about what's on the other side? Do you ever see like pictures of what are they doing? Are they playing harps? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, they could be. I haven't <laughs> seen any harp players. <laughs> um, well, you know, 
sitting on a cloud playing a heart <laughs> in the cartoons, you know? Um, you know, I, I, I've had dreams. I've had um, very intense dreams. I've had uh, astral travel experiences mm -hmm. and they've been very interesting, but uh, I, I do believe that there is a, um, uh, a presence of energy, how things vibrate, uh, what they look like, the intensity uh, of that. Um, I, I've seen it in my readings, uh, colors that are hard to describe, um, you know, things that they're doing. Uh, so not necessarily always a landscape, although I've seen like green grass that's more green than you know, grass that we have here in our physical world. Uh, so, you know, the, the, I believe collectively the other side, what they're doing, you know, what it looks like, all that. I think it's, it's beautiful. I think it's, you know, pain free. I think it's, um, I think in a lot of ways it's, it's beyond maybe what we can even begin to comprehend. Right. Um, but I think it's a beautiful place. I think it's literally returning to where we come from. I, I do believe, you know, that's our birthplace. Uh, that's the source. So I think uh, everything about it, uh, you know, has a wonderful uh, tone and, and vibration to it. Are there different levels? That I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, I, I do uh, believe there are different levels people uh can um enter you know into mm -hmm. and then work their way up kind of you know kind of the same way here kindergarten first second third there's a graduation process in this life uh i do believe that for the other side as well um but i i believe wholeheartedly that whatever we experience here you know when we cross over for example, disease or things of that nature, uh, I believe that we shed all of that and go back to our uh, our perfect form. Interesting. I think um, I, I, I remember reading something that really resonated with me, and that is that we embark on this journey called being human, human beings on earth, mm -hmm. in order to experience a lot of the hardships such as the physical reality, disease, not mm -hmm. having everything you want exactly when you want it, or mm -hmm. you know, those kind of things, having limitations. And I think it's, it's a fast track to spiritual development. I think we embarked on it in order to, you know, in order to learn. It's a learning experience. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I believe that some learn, you know, earlier, some mm -hmm. learn later in life. Uh, it's not a contest or it's not a race, uh, but I think we experience uh, to varying degrees. And when things happen, uh, you know, that's when it's supposed to happen. And if it happens for one and it doesn't happen for someone else, uh, maybe never, or maybe it does, you know, 30 years after the fact, uh, I believe it's, it's unique to each person. Very interesting. Yeah, I, and I think, you know, there's this thing called, what do you think about soul groups? Have you heard of soul groups? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
what, what's your take on that? Because I, I believe that we are part of a soul group and we have, we come here to play different roles to teach people, uh, entities in our group or the souls in our soul group different lessons. And one day you can be the child who dies young. Another time you can be uh, uh, the parent who dies of this, or another time you mm-hmm. can be born with a severe, you know, like cerebral palsy or something, mm-hmm. you know, and have a caretaker that learns how to uh, take care of you, you know, that kind of thing. And they're all part of the same soul group and right. you interact through different lifestyle lifetimes or maybe on this planet, maybe on another planet or something completely different, you know? Yeah, I absolutely so, believe that. Yeah, I agree with you. Everything you said, I believe is true. I think we travel in pods or or soul groups, and we're mm-hmm. here to teach, uh, to be the student, to mm-hmm. and also to teach. And I think it's it's cyclic. Uh, and you know, you might come in as, you know, one thing. The next time it might be something else. And I think it really is about the evolution of the soul and how we can mm-hmm. learn and grow um, individually, but also uh, collectively. So, yeah, I, I do believe that. And I believe we uh, pick and choose our experiences. I right. know that's a little bit uh, of a, you know, it's a subjective, uh, you know, opinion, but I also believe mm-hmm. that for some it's kind of taboo if you make that statement, somebody who has cancer, uh, you know, or some other affliction will say, you know, that's ridiculous. Who would ever ask to suffer like that and, and come here? But, you know, in my own personal journey, particularly with health, um, I find that if you're open to understanding, even if you don't understand in initially, mm-hmm. or even throughout that journey, exactly why something is happening or why it is the way that it is, but you're open to, you know, being flexible and attempting to understand it, learn and go with the flow. Right. It does make your journey uh, easier. And it also allows you to learn uh, I think at a different level, when you stop fighting uh, and resisting or allowing, you know, anger or other things to get in the way, uh, I think it it can really be a blessing and help you, which in turn can help those around you, whether they're your family, friends, maybe even uh, a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we do cross over, I think, you know, it doesn't make us, it, when I die, I'm not going to become omni-Roman. I won't know everything, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to know what I knew here, pretty much, I think, you know, and it's it's a continual learning path. There will be mm-hmm. other experiences in the afterlife and whatever life comes after that. You know, I think it's a gradual, you know, learning. And as you learn, you, you like you said earlier, you, you graduate, you, you go to higher levels and right. that kind of thing. It's a path that we're, we're all on because, you know, th- this whole thing w- makes a lot of sense to me, except for one thing. And that is, and maybe you can answer this. I have 
the only thing that bothers me about this whole thing is that we evolved into being humans. Life on Earth, okay, we started out as you know amoebas, and then we you know then we became fish, and then we became dinosaurs, and then we became you know you know we evolved into apes, and then from apes, you know, all of those animals did like did they have this ability to have that cognition like we do where they you know were they born into this like what what, what's your take on all of that about the the evolution of man and how consciousness relates to that i know it's a very deep question it is yeah and and to be honest with you it's one that i still ask because i don't have a very um sound answer because i i think it's so broad i think it's something that possibly we excuse me that we may not be able uh to ever know uh the whys uh of that so i i honestly uh, obviously it's something i have thought about um repeatedly but i don't really have a strong grasp or or sound opinion on the evolution yeah. of all of that simply mm-hmm. because I think it's, it is, it's unanswerable, at least right now. Um, maybe yeah. it's something that science can answer later on to a more detailed t- degree than what they've already been able uh, to answer. But it's a, that's a tough question. To be honest, it, it is, and you know what? I, I I didn't really expect anybody, I, and I don't expect anybody to have an answer. That that's an answer for God. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really is. You know, but I'm just saying that 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 is one of the things that to me remains unsolved in in the whole scheme of things. You know, and and it's a pretty important question. You know? <laughs> yeah, but, it is. Kind of like where where did it all start? You know, how right. did it all start? Why did it all start? You know, it's uh, very philosophical, and uh, very. that's okay. You know what? Our 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 time just flew by. Can you believe? Like an hour is over. But before we leave, I just you know oh. let, let's give you a plug here. Um, where do you practice? How I already said that you can be reached with uh, in your website. That's probably the best way for people to reach you. Uh, within the light.com, correct? Yes. And um, you can go to my website. Um, most, again, which I said earlier, most of my readings uh, take place over the phone uh-huh. um, simply because it's, you know, the, the clientele that I have, where they're located. I do try to make it convenient, but um, I am going to, in the new year, we'll see with. Mm-hmm. COVID uh, and how all of that goes. But I used to conduct groups, grief groups called the Good Grief Circle um, and uh, work out of office or go, uh, you know, to my clients' homes. I'm hoping to do that in the upcoming year. Uh, so anybody interested in doing grief groups, I can do them by phone mm-hmm. uh, if you're out of state, uh, Zoom as well. Um, but, um, yeah, you can email me, call me and, uh, you know, take a look at my website. And if what, is, think, what is your email address? It is. You can email me through within the light. Oh, okay. Uh, dot com, or you can email me at Tracy Lee Nash 
at withinthelight.com. Okay. Just your name, withinthelight.com. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for, you know, spending the hour with us and enlightening us. And uh, I think it was very fascinating and I can't wait to do it again. Thank you. Thank you, Roman, so much for your time. Uh, I appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your uh, evening. Thank you so much, Tracy. And for those of you out there, thank you for joining us. And we will, uh, I, I will be back next month on the second Thursday of the month with this same kind of show. In the meantime, you know, just know that you're, you know, as, as, as the dearly departed, uh, loved and missed friend Ginsburg used to say that our loved ones are only a heartbeat away. Uh, and science one day is going to prove it. You know, we're getting mm-hmm. there. And uh, we wish you all a very good night. Thank you very much, everybody. Mm-hmm.